I am your host today, like I've been, by the grace of God, not by power, not by my might. By the Spirit of God, I'm here again to take you on a journey as the Lord liveth. We'll continue to do this till we are called home in Jesus' name. We have a message before us this morning. How to access God's kingdom. First and foremost, if you are to talk about accessing the kingdom of God, we are to first ask ourselves or ourselves the question where is God's kingdom situated? Where is the location where the kingdom of God is? Heaven is a place that is believed to be where God lives. And where is heaven? Heaven is a place that exists in the spirit realm. Heaven is situated spontaneously here and in the spirit realm. Yes. Why am I saying that heaven is situated here in the spirit realm? Now, God is spirit and is omnipresent. If he is omnipresent, that means he is everywhere. And there is no way God can be present everywhere without having his kingdom with him. So everywhere God goes, that is where his kingdom is. How to assess the kingdom? Heaven spontaneously exists as a location and also in our consciousness. How to assess the kingdom? How do you assess the kingdom? The reason why Christ came is to help us to know how to assess God's kingdom. And as a matter of fact, Christ is God in man. The scripture confirmed it in the book of John chapter 1 from verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the Bible also described Jesus Christ as that living word, which is also God. How to assess the kingdom. There has never been any other way through which we can assess God's kingdom or God except through Christ. This is why he said, and I quote, in the book of John chapter 4 verse 6, I am the way, not a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It says no man can come to the Father. No man can access God's kingdom except through me. Jesus Christ's primary purpose was to restore the relationship between God and man. Was to allow man to regain access to that position where he was. Which made man had the ability to assess God's kingdom per time. Christ primarily came to restore man back to that position where he can assess God's kingdom per time. For you to have access to God's kingdom, you must be born again. For you to gain complete access to God's kingdom, you must be what? Born again. When a person is born, or a child is born, 
that child begins to absorb every resources the environment in which he or she is born is about let's not forget that the bible says that satan rules the world through sin before christ came sin has already entered into the world we suggest that as soon as a child is born the child will begin to do what absorb the sin in the environment which makes it very surprising for you not to teach a child how to lie before he begins to lie the child absorbed it from the environment a child understanding is not only forged by what you give the child when it comes to information alone but based on what they are absorbing completely a child that is newly born the first one to 10 15 years are the state whereby they absorb everything and without proper guidance they will continue to absorb no matter how much you express discipline to your child it doesn't stop them from absorbing what is in the environment which means that everyone must be born again that you are born into a christian home does not mean that you will not absorb the energy that is already in the world i mean the information that you are born into a christian home after you must have absorbed all the old information you need to come to a stage whereby you need to ask yourself am i in christ because it takes being in christ to assess god's kingdom and it's not something you presume or you assume that you already have god is good being born again does not come based on assumption it is an intentional act that after he must have understood the need for the scripture says that blessed are those who test after righteousness for they shall be filled the most important requirement for being born again is when you see the need when you have the need when you know the reason why you must be born again if you don't know the reason why you must be born again you can't develop the hunger for being born again they, somebody can tell you about it but if you don't have genuine hunger for it you may not gain access to being born again okay that you have been dipped in the water you have experienced baptism doesn't make you a born again if you did not see the need to be born again before you are dipped in the water you are not yet born again so therefore a child according to some doctrinal uh, practices may be baptized and uh, given a baptismal name does not mean that that child is born again so until you develop a sincere hunger you see the need for it you cannot be born again simple in other words even if you are born into a christian family there needs to be an hunger because if you don't see value in being born again you are not yet born again even if you have gone through all the process bible says blessed are those that test those that seek will do what find if it is coming on a platter of gold you may not value it that's what i'm saying ask your neighbor under what condition did you become born again did you see the need how to assess god's kingdom the answer is in the book of john chapter 3 verse 3 quickly flip your bibles into the book of john 
John is directly after the book of Mark. John chapter 3 verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God here, as described, does not exist after you live and die as a Christian. It does not exist after just it does not just exist after you do what? You live and die. And you are going to a place. It's not a place that only exists when you are no more in the flesh, when you transition. The kingdom of God is also a consciousness. As a matter of fact, once you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you are conscious of God's kingdom and what Christ has said, then the kingdom of God is established within you. Therefore, beyond death, the kingdom of God is also a consciousness. Beyond dying as a believer, I mean, dying in the physical body, transitioning into the spirit realm, the kingdom of God is also a consciousness. How do you assess the kingdom? You assess the kingdom when you also die to your present consciousness and begin to embrace Christ's consciousness. You die to your what? Your original consciousness and begin to embrace what? Christ's consciousness. In other words, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, is your normal consciousness. Do me, I do you. Your own ways of doing things is your own consciousness. Accepting him as your Lord and Savior means that you are accepting everything that he wants you to be and everything that he wants you to do after you must have expressed love for him. Christ told Nicodemus when he came to ask him, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to gain access to the kingdom of God? Christ says, except a man be born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. I take it again. Heaven is not just a place you only assess after you die. I work together. Christ also came to establish the heaven within us. And that is why his name, Emmanuel, translates God with us. God and his kingdom with us. It is not everybody that attends church service that is actually born again. If you do not understand the concept that surrounds being born again, you may claim to be born again, but you are not born again in the real sense. Which was what Christ was saying when he said, it's not all day or all those that call me Lord, Lord, would access the kingdom. And some will say on the last day, do we not prophesy in your name? Do not cast out demons in your name. But I will say, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. To be born again is a personal responsibility. It's a very, very personal responsibility. Personal responsibility in the sense that your thoughts will reflect if you are born again, not just the action you put out. Your thoughts, I mean, who you are when you are alone determines if you are born again or not. 
and not what people see about you. Because beyond what people project is who they really are. A lot of people grow with multiple personalities. They see the scriptures as a script. They see the scripture as what? Script. And they are the artist, the actor of the script. That you're acting a script doesn't mean that that's who you really... A lot of people are just acting according to what? Scripts. And they are not yet reformed in their hearts. Until you are reformed in your heart, you are not born again. In other words, a person can act a movie role correctly, beautifully, and who is watching would, in fact, appreciate the effort that is put into play. And they would be so perfect in that, you know, acting. Are you getting it? That you begin to feel as if it is actually real. A lot of people are so real in performing the scripting. Some people take the Bible as a what? Script. In other words, they can be so good. And people say, oh, this man is good. But within him, is he good? To be born again is not determined by people on the outside. It's determined by you. It's only you that knows that you are born again. That's what I'm saying. Because a lot of people are so good at interpreting roles. Ask your neighbor, are you an acting Christian or you are a real Christian? An acting Christian is a Christian that interprets a role that he wants people to do what? See and believe. But a true Christian is one whose heart has been what? Completely reformed. Out of a large number of people you see around churches, just just few, just few are born again, are truly born again, just few. The remaining are what? Acting. I'm a prophet of God. After you are done acting, as an acting Christian, if God does not mark it, your reward is that acting. So what am I trying to say in essence? Much work around being born again is about what? Consciousness. You should always be conscious of the fact that after you have received Christ as a Lord and Savior, you now begin to obey His commands until it becomes an integral part of you. After you must have confessed Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, you need to do what? Keep on obeying His words until it becomes an integral part of you. In other words, you have to do away with the way you used to reason before and accept him fully in the midst of your spirit. Accepting Christ fully is simply adopting everything, I mean the lifestyle, everything it tells you to do, you do it. A lot of people live and die without Christ's consciousness. And they call themselves Christians. To be a Christian has nothing to do with going to church. It is more about your mentality. In other words, do you live in acknowledgement of him every day? Do you decrease that he may increase? In other words, to decrease, I mean, do you put away your own interests 
and elevate his own interests. That's what it means to say that he may increase and I may decrease. In other words, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If you are in Christ, if you say you are a Christian, and you are always about yourself, your way, your thing, you are not ready to be on the journey. The permanent assignment of Christ is to re-establish God's kingdom. And when he was going, he says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. See, the damage had already been done before Christ came. Even before Moses came, the damage has already been done. People were performing different supernatural activities for selfish interest, magic for selfish interest. How do you tell a magician that Jesus Christ is the way when he has gained access to supernatural powers? I don't know somebody is getting me. It is very, very difficult. Because a lot of people see the supernatural ability as the end result of being connected with divinity. And once people can get power from other sources, they drop any other thing. I don't know what is getting me. Now, it is only through Christ's consciousness that you can remain in God's kingdom. It is only through what? Christ's continual consciousness. You are conscious of Christ always. I mean, everything about Christ. The assignment of Christ, the instruction of Christ, how Christ wants you to reason. And they are conscious of the fact that he has given you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Christ's presence interprets or represents the presence of God. The consciousness of Christ is the consciousness of God's presence. And once you are living that consciousness, are you supernatural or not? You will be supernatural. But the problem is this. A lot of people feel that they need to be conscious of themselves, how people perceive them. Not knowing that the more you try to promote yourself, the more you are demoted. And the more you promote the consciousness of Christ and the responsibility Christ has given to you, the more you are elevated. When you receive Christ in the midst of your spirit and you become one with him, you are like a city that is set on a hill that can never be hidden. A lot of things you are looking for, everything you are looking for is solved when you understand what it means to be in Christ. I mean, everything you are looking for is solved the moment you gain the right understanding of what it means to be in Christ. Once you can maintain a strict consciousness of Christ, it means that you are conscious of his blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. You are conscious of who he is. You are conscious that he is now in your spirit and you are one with him. The Bible says, woe unto that nation that does what? Forget God. To forget God is to stop acknowledging him. You know that you do. It's not just true testimonies or saying, Father, I thank you for giving me the grace to wake up safely. It's not only expressed when you do what? Verbalize it. Are you conscious of him continually? In other words, to have Christ within you is to enter into the kingdom of God. Is to have access to the kingdom. And to have access to the kingdom, listen, what is in the kingdom, everything, all of God's blessings are in the kingdom. Your consciousness. In other words, your bank statement is not your real statement. Your bank account is your wallet. Why heaven's resources is your real bank account. Sometimes your account may be empty. I mean, your wallet may be empty while your account is what? Heavy. Now, in the kingdom, your bank account is your wallet. Why what? 
heaven's resources is your real account. You used to hear something about heavenly account, right? In other words, everything you need, you decree it into what? Into being. You are decreeing it from a place, a place of authority. I need this. I decree this into being. You say money, house, everything. Everything that is good, you'll be able to decree it just like that. When you are looking for how to solve your problem, God might want to give you access into everything. Which one is better? To begin to look for a solution to a problem or to just be in Christ? To be in Christ is where you gain access to everything. The only limit you were having was your mind. The devil came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He came to sniff out the consciousness of Christ in you and also divert your attention from ever going to be conscious of Christ. A lot of people are so full of themselves that they are empty of God. God is good. It is not easy to submit. It is not an easy task to submit. It's easier said than done. If not, do you know how many people that have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? It is easier said than done. Till death, Christ led by example that submission is the way. He had the power to lay down his life and to take it back. But he still made himself available. In other words, he could restrict his own death. He could stop them from destroying him. I mean, killing him. Now, if you study the life of Christ very well, you will get to understand that everything about Christ is showing us an example of everything that we need to assess God's kingdom. In as much as he is the way, he showed us an example of how we can assess the way or how we can get it done easily. He led us by example. He didn't just come to give us instructions. The consciousness of Christ is embedded in every instruction he has given and the examples he has set. How many times should you forgive in a day? 70 times, 7 times. Do you do the same? To be living in pride is to be living in resistance to Christ's consciousness. To be living in unforgiveness is to be resistant of Christ's presence. So you cannot claim to be in Christ and be living in unforgiveness. So we all need to wake up to this responsibility. It's a responsibility. So it's not enough to confess, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And also pray in the name of Jesus every day before you go out. And also shout, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Or you shout, Jesus, when something strange happens. That you call the name Jesus, 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 does not mean that you are in Christ. His mother said, do everything he tells you. Do you do everything Christ has told you? Do you do everything? Let's be sincere. We are getting the more of the nose. Do you do everything? Forgiveness. Love. A lot of people act love, but they don't really have love. I mean, they act according to script. When you have two, and so what is in the of one, you give one. That's acting love. But when the person is not there, what do you think of the person when the person is not there? Do you judge the person? God is good. Can I ask you a question? Are you always conscious of Christ's presence every day? He that must follow me must be ready to carry his cross daily. 
we have put most of our persons in trouble because people are not so much interested in being in Christ as much as they are interested in looking for solution. And your pastor will end up doing everything to be a performer to you while he's losing his relationship with God. We find it difficult to obey simple instructions. Now, I ask the question, are you conscious of Christ every day? Do you do everything he tells you? Christ says in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19, says, Behold, I have given you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. After you must have received him as your Lord and Savior, you have to be conscious of what he said he has given to you always. Once you are conscious of it before trouble comes, then you have the power. A lot of people, it is only when trouble comes that they begin to remember scriptures. Scriptures that you remember when trouble comes cannot save you. It is only the scriptures you meditate upon that generates the power to save you when the trouble comes. Meditation in the word of God is what generates the power in the word of God. If you are to go to war, do you go to war to begin to learn how to load bullets in the war front? And you are in front. You are loading the bullets in the war front. You must have loaded the bullets, tested the gun, before you go to war. So a Christian that does not meditate on the words of Christ before the trouble comes is a person that is not ready for the war. You're not ready for life. That you are aware that you're supposed to have bullets on the war front. You know that you're supposed to have bullets. You get to the war front, you begin to carry bullets. You may not be fast enough before they shell you out of existence. You are doing it under panic. Nobody generates power in panic from the same mind that is stressed out, that is under pressure. You don't generate power under pressure. You generate power from a place of what? A place of calmness. So meditating on the word of God prepares you for the battle. If you are to write an exam, do you prepare for the exam or not? When you prepare well for the exam, will you pass the exam or not? Will pass the exam because you have prepared well. So obeying the scriptures, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, that says, Meditate on the word day and night. There is a difference between committing something to the memory. Some people feel meditation is to memorize and know it. That is not meditation. That's no meditation. Let me give you an example. Luke 10, verse 19. If you have fully accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you believe in the shed blood and the cross of Christ for your redemption. And you see him as your Lord and personal Savior. On a normal day, he says, and I quote, Luke 10, verse 19, he says, Behold, I have given you power and authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and all principalities and powers. He says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you believe in that which he has said to you, and you meditate on it with the consciousness that what Christ has said is true, and you see the promise the same, in fact, you believe in everything he has said, and you meditate on it and say, so I'm powerful now you are meditating on it, you are brooding on that scriptural passage. I've been empowered. I've been given power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. You are brooding on it again and again. Not just to memorize the chapter of us. You are brooding on it. Brooding on it would help you to gain access to the intention behind that sentence. That's how powerful the word of God is. But a lot of people have not come to this understanding. That's why they don't they don't meditate on the word of God. Your mind is a regenerating plant. It's a tool that can be used to generate power. 
That's why when you nurse some very funny thoughts and you stay long on it, those funny thoughts will become a reality. Now, when you believe that evil will be for you, to believe that evil will be for you is to fear evil. The evil will be for you because it is your mind that activated the evil. Rather than allowing your mind to work against you, allow it to work for you. A lot of people's minds are working against them because they have not committed themselves into meditating on the word of God and see the value of meditating in the word of God. Because they don't even know how to meditate on the word of God in the first place. If you know how to meditate on the word of God, see, you will become a power bank. You become a power generating set. You always be on fire. You are conscious of the presence of Christ everywhere you go. And you understand the meaning of the presence of Christ. Everywhere Christ went, he was doing good, number one. Everywhere Christ went, he was living in authority. Everywhere Christ went, he was operating in power. He was living a life of miracle. If you are conscious of Christ's presence anywhere you go, you can walk up to the hospital, walk into the hospital, go into the wards. Those who are sick, who you know have not yet believed in Christ, you can talk to them about Christ and pray for them. You know what I'm saying? And they will get their healing. Healing, the Bible says, is a children's bread. It's not supposed to be a big deal. Everyone can perform the healing miracle. That's if you believe. Somebody should point to the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. I read. And when he called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and disease. And when he called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits. He called his 12 disciples and gave them what? Power against unclean spirits. The disciples there are his followers. Are you his follower today? If you are a true follower of Christ. Now, if Christ can call his disciples to himself and give them power, how much more when you receive the person that gives power in your spirit? I'm not somebody's getting me. How much more if you have him in you? I don't know somebody's getting me. If you are conscious of his presence always, everything Christ is about is with you. Through you, he will heal the sick. You will no longer be walking alone. Then the interpretation for Emmanuel will come alive. When you accept Christ in the midst of your spirit and you are conscious of his presence, then the meaning of Emmanuel has come alive, which is God with us. If God is with us, who can succeed against us? But now you are not conscious of Christ's presence. You allow the layers, the cares, of survival, everyday living, to take away that consciousness from you. The smartest thing you can ever do is to be conscious of Christ. No matter how smart you are, if you are not conscious of Christ, you are not smart enough. The most noble thing you can do is to be conscious of the one that gives power of God that is with us. God came in human flesh to show us the possibility that God can actually be with us. Therefore, the word became flesh and dwelt among them. So if you embrace Christ through embracing, believing in the written word of God, then you have received him in your spirit. You have received God. And when you are conscious of this, you are seated with Christ, right? 
in the heavenly places, far and above principalities. You meditate on that alone. It will be very hard for you to be under the weather of the economic depression because these things are presided over by principles. Every form of principality will be above them because as Apostle Paul says, I'm seated with Christ in the what? Heavenly places. Far and above principalities and powers. But a lot of people find it difficult to believe in these words. And that's why it will, not, it will never work for you. Knowing and believing are two things. To know is to commit it to memory. To believe it is to actually put it into practice. By remembering it, acknowledging it again and again and again. Not only when you're under pressure. What a beautiful life. Bible says that in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Once you are conscious of his presence, Bible says in him was what? Life. In other words, you have life. And the life you live will become you become a touch bearer to people. You become you begin to lead people. You become the light of men because you now have him with you. In other words, Christ will be expressing himself through you. And if you do not allow your own selfish characteristics to die, you can never be alive in Christ. Until you allow yourself's characteristics to come to an end, Christ cannot live his life through you. If you hold on to your ways of your characteristics, you know your character now. The character traits, some of them you inherited from your parents. Some of them based on grandparents, the ones that are in the DNA. If you have not sat down to know your own character and to begin to do away with them one after the other and embrace Christ, you cannot live your life for God. It is not enough for you to go to the bus station to begin to preach, give your life to Christ. Is Christ living his life through you? Are you conscious? Are you living in the consciousness of Christ? In other words, everything that Christ performed, everything Christ is about, is what you now have because you have accepted him. You have received him in the midst of your spirit. Just like him, you can say, peace, be still. Just like him, you can say, this tree, nobody will eat from you anymore. You can speak the things that be not as though they are. You can speak anything into being because you are conscious of his presence. To know Christ's presence is to know the power of God. Christ's consciousness. To know his presence is to know God's kingdom. It's to have access. In other words, everything you need, everything you need will be at your fingertips. Everything. I mean everything. In other words, everything will be following you, not you running after things. Ah, where Christ appeared, five loaves of bread and two fishes turned out to feed 5,000 people. And they were leftovers in baskets where Christ was. Where Christ was, or where Christ is, all things are possible. To settle normal tax, go to the lake, the fish you get, you find the money in the mouth. You would never be stranded. You will not be conditioned. But we have elevated the outward form of religious worship above Christ consciousness, which has made a lot of Christians to be in a deeper bondage than they were even before they accepted Christ. It is not when people fall under the anointing and begin to shake alone that they can experience the presence of God. To experience the presence of God is to teach people how to become what? Conscious. When you are conscious, you attract when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I mean you truly believe in a sacrifice 
that through him you can be restored and your hunger for righteousness <laughs> to hunger after righteousness must be one of your highest priority if you want to gain access to God because God is righteous and it is only through Christ that you can assess his righteousness in fact you are not even righteous you are not even righteous in everything it's just through Christ's consciousness that through his blood his blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel in fact when you know that it is only through Christ that you can assess God through his blood you will be naturally simple because it's not by power nor by might it's not your power that brought you to that point it's a simple arithmetic yet complicated a lot of people will live and die in congregations without gaining access to the kingdom going to church is not the same as gaining access to the kingdom <laughs> Christ says <laughs> a blind man cannot lead a blind man heaven is not a place you assess after you die the kingdom of heaven is not only a place where you assess after death. You can assess God's kingdom when you have Christ's consciousness. When you have Christ's consciousness, you have the presence of God. In the presence of God, there's what? Mark chapter 17, verse 21 explains everything better. It says, Neither shall you say, Lo here, nor lo there. For the kingdom of heaven is where? The reason why a lot of sermons will sound interesting to you is because it is premeditated. Whatsoever is premeditated is active and alive. Praise the Lord. Every message that is what? Premeditated is as good as being alive and active. So a person can premeditate a sermon. Listen to this. And the sermon can be sounding like as if he's ministering to you whereas it's not even it does not minister to the person because a lot of people come before the pulpit they memorize the message before they come to the pulpit and they memorize it till they master it memorizing it is not the same as meditation so when they premeditate it they have engaged their mind in memorizing and when they come and deliver it to the members it just sounds refreshing that is sounding refreshing does not mean that it is true. Something that is, anything that is premeditated, even if it's a lie, would be received in your spirit because it was what? A premeditated lie can also sound as what? True. And a premeditated half information can also sound as what? Can sound refreshing as well. And you'll feel good after you leave such a service. But at the end of the day, taking the message serious, if the message is not Christ consciousness, that is when it will not work for you. That I may decrease, that he may, nevertheless, not my will, but your, if you are in Christ, nevertheless, not my, that means you have a will, but you chose to be submissive to his, that is the beauty of being saved. The beauty of being saved is to acknowledge that you have a will, yet you drop your own will to observe his own will. You have other choices, but it's hard to drop every of your choice to begin to become conscious of Christ. The highest level of arrogance is to be less conscious of Christ's presence. You not being conscious of Christ is grieving the Holy Spirit. And when trouble comes, you will not be quoting Constitution. Your word says, when we ask, we shall receive. Your word says, call upon me in this of trouble and I will answer you. You'll be quoting Constitution. But when you are in Christ, you will not quote any constitution. When Peter's shadow healed the sick, was he quoting any scripture? Is the presence of Christ the shadow? Abi? People will hear your name if you are conscious of Christ. 
people will hear your name. You don't need to introduce yourself. When you are conscious of Christ, you are a VIP. Because you are royalty. You speak, people want to listen to you. Because you'll be making a whole lot of sense. Because you're not speaking out of your own might and power. But these are the things you have not been able to understand over the years. If you finish dancing in the church, hey, hey, my God is good. Though. You dance, dance, dance. You share testimonies of what the Lord did for you. And you are not conscious of Christ. You have not begun your journey. And God bless his word.